0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton Global Youth Program. Hello and
1: welcome to Future of the Business World, the podcast featuring innovative high school students from around the world. I'm Diana Drake with the Wharton Global Youth Program at the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. Today's guest has been on my podcast invite list for a while, ever since I first read a brief description of her work a year ago. I'm happy to say we are finally connecting to talk technology and her own persuasive brand of girl power. Amia Chokawala is a junior at the Harker School in California. And like so many of our guests on Future of the Business World, she is a woman on a mission. In middle school, Amia enrolled in challenging tech-oriented classes like Java programming and robotics. The skills she was learning were inspiring, but the experience itself was isolating. She looked around the class and thought, where are all my fellow female tech warriors? She was often the only woman in the room. She has spent the past several years working to change that dynamic. Amia, thanks for joining us on Future of the Business World. Thank you for having me. The issue that has captured your passion is the gender gap in science, technology, engineering,
0: and math, sometimes referred to as STEM. So how wide and deep is that gap? Of course in a gender gap throughout history in my opinion the best way to put it is that the history we have written in textbooks and what we teach in schools is a man's history and this is just reflected in stem fields women make up more than 50 percent of our population yet only 27 percent of women are in stem careers and if you take a look at a field like software engineering which is up and coming they make up only 14 percent of that workforce So yes, the gap is really deep. And honestly, right now, it's only growing and it hasn't shrunk at all in the past five years.
1: And it's really, it's more than a matter of encouraging more women to pursue these fields, right? What have you observed around young women's tendencies towards STEM learning? How are they processing things differently than their male peers, really starting at a young age?
0: So I've done a lot of volunteering even before I started STEM. Her working with young girls and teaching them STEM subjects. And what I've noticed is that girls tend to raise their hands less. And when something becomes difficult, they don't ask a lot of questions and they quickly become discouraged. They stop coming to the classes. And I don't think this is their fault at all. I feel like these tendencies are ingrained in our culture and this unnecessary self-doubt is internalized at a young age. Um, On top of that, I think exposure that girls have to STEM is just not the same as boys. You could even go with simple toys that we give when they're young, like boys get Legos and girls don't. I myself did not play with Legos when I was young. And I honestly believe that if I was exposed to something like this, it could have had an impact on my journey through STEM. Interesting. So
1: you've set out to do your part to change this narrative and the landscape for young women. You mentioned your nonprofit just a second ago. It's called STEM Her. What is your business model? How are you fostering an interest in all these important areas and providing support to young women?
0: So STEM. Her's business model is girls helping girls thrive in STEM. So I truly believe that when young girls see girls just a little older than them, so successful, they are automatically inspired to pursue STEM themselves. And the way we do this is through three initiatives, workshops, a tutoring program, and a Q&A initiative. So starting with the workshops, we have high school girls teaching girls ages 9 to 15 from around the world about topics like web design and artificial intelligence that are not included in regular school material. And each workshop contains some sort of application. For example, during our web design workshop, we also taught product marketing, which provided the girls with the skills to create a business for themselves and a website for that. And I really feel like the application part of our workshop gets the girls Inspired and shows them potential career options, which is looking way into the future. But I think that it's crucial that we do do that, so that in the back of their heads, they're always thinking about that and what they're going to do when they grow up. The other program we have is the tutoring program, which is run through an app I created called STEM Tutor, which connects struggling elementary and middle school students with high school students for free tutoring services. And this targets the school aspect. So. As STEM subjects get harder in middle school and high school, we really do not want the girls to become discouraged and start taking easier classes or just quit STEM altogether. And by providing tutoring, we hope that they'll continue to take these classes. And then lastly, we have the initiative of QA sessions. And this has just started, so we haven't actually held any sessions yet. But here we'll be having q as with successful women in STEM, starting with our amazing board of directors.
1: Wow. So you've got a lot on your plate with STEMHER. When did
0: you guys actually start? So we started in July of 2020.
1: July of 2020. So you've made some great progress since then. I was noticing that you actually have achieved a global reach too. How many countries have you worked in with young women? And also, could you give us a few examples of some of the people that you've worked with?
0: Yeah. So I've worked with young women in over six countries, including Libya, India, Nigeria, and Belgium. And one of the ways we do this is by partnering with schools. So currently we're partnered with schools in India, and two schools in India, and one school in Belgium. And recently I was given the opportunity to be interviewed by a radio station in the Caribbean. So I'm super excited for this, and hopefully we'll gain some partnerships over there too. Wow.
1: And can you give us, you know, a profile of a typical student with whom you work?
0: One girl that I really remember because she was so nervous at the start, but at the end she was so excited. She presented her project for 10 minutes and it was the most amazing thing to watch. Her name was Vevehi and she was from Nigeria. She was 12 years old and this was the first workshop of ours she attended. It was our Scratch Programming workshop and by the end of the workshop she had mastered all the skills that we had taught her and she had created her own maze game and it was truly like the most inspiring thing to watch her present. Great so
1: I also since we're talking globally here for a minute I remember that you were planning to travel to countries like Morocco and India to teach girls how to create sustainable thermal cameras and solar lamps. I'm sure that the pandemic has interfered a little bit with those plans, but I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Why those special technologies and what's kind of your motivation behind that hands-on science exchange?
0: Yeah, so like you said, we haven't actually been able to travel to those countries, but I would really like to do that this summer. So starting with thermal cameras, thermal cameras will help detect the temperature of whatever is in in the camera's view. So, for example, a person. And I was planning on doing this because during COVID times, it would be really helpful for someone to be able to take their temperature to see if they're sick. And having the girls make this, again, is the application thing where they can see like hand on what they can build and create themselves. And I really think this is crucial rather than just teaching them concepts and then leaving it at that. I really want them to create something for themselves and see what kind of impact they can make with the um, solar lamps. This is for girls who need to study at night, but they don't have access to electricity. For example, in India, over 40% of schools did not have electricity until 2017, And if the schools don't have this much electricity, you can only imagine what the homes are like. And if the girls don't have the opportunities to do their homework or study at night, they really have no time at all because most of them are working as well. So I really think that teaching them to build solar lamps is crucial. Sounds really empowering. So
1: as a a woman in STEM, you've no doubt Really loved having the face-to-face or the tech-to-tech interactions with students, but there's a whole other part of building a nonprofit, right, Um, and sustaining that nonprofit. It's really the business entrepreneurial side. There's so many different moving parts. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what you've learned, for example, about securing funding partnerships to make your global tutoring possible, just some of the operational side of your nonprofit and what it's taught you about entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, so STEMHER is run entirely by girls volunteering their time. And this has worked really well for us for a while, but as we start to get bigger, it's really hard for us because we're all in school. We don't have like 40 hours a week to devote to this organization. And we do need funding to fund our tutoring program, for example. And so recently, I've been looking into securing funding partnerships. We just got our first one, but it was definitely a struggle. I did not realize the amount of planning and patience it takes. I had to write a full out budget for the first time in my life, and it definitely took like three, four drafts, many meetings with the organization that was going to provide us, Funding, but in the end, we got it. So I think what I've learned is that you just need to have a lot of patience when you're doing something like this.
1: Yeah, definitely. Bias is not just evident in the STEM gender gap, right? It's pervasive in other parts of our increasingly technology driven society. You've done some thinking about bias in artificial intelligence. I happened to spot a blog on your website. What have you learned about this? And do you think it's improving?
0: So, just to explain what bias in AI means, basically what it is, is that artificial intelligence works because it's trained with data and learns from it over time. And the data it's being trained with are documents from the past, which include historical bias like discrimination against race, gender, and more. And the artificial intelligence learns from these biases, which creates inaccurate results and overall lack of fairness for certain groups of people. So I have talked about this topic in more detail in my article and provided potential solutions. So yes, I do think that this area is improving because there are already many tools out there. But since this bias is not something that's well known, I think until we really make people know about it, there won't be as much improvement as we'd like.
1: And let's let's adapt that same question to your work um, as an advocate for gender equality in STEM. Are you seeing progress there? And what will it mean to have more gender equity in all these areas, science, technology, engineering, math?
0: So yes, we are making progress, but not as much as we should. So the 1970s and 90s has seen a lot of progress when women's first started really working. But since the 90s, the graph has basically plateaued and even declined in some areas. For example, women computer workers has declined from 32% in the 90s to 27% now. And with the rise of artificial intelligence and all of those models being created by men, I'm really concerned for women and especially women of color because in innovation, if you just have one perspective, it's not the same. The quality of technology won't be the same as when you have different perspectives. It's really important that different perspectives are brought into the making of technology because that technology at the end of the day is going to be used by all sorts of people. But if you just have one demographic of people making it, it really makes an impact on the quality of technology. You're
1: joining us this summer for our Leadership in the Business World program, which is really exciting. What will you share with your peers about the power of greater gender equality and equity in STEM fields and how that can transform the business world?
0: So similar to what I had just said is I think I would really like people to know the impact of diverse management board. So in a study by McKenzie, companies with gender diverse management are proven to consistently outperform companies without this diversity. And since that study, many states and countries have passed laws which requires gender diversification of public companies' boards. For example, in California, public companies are required to have a 30% woman management board. And I really think this is important. My personal point of view is um, that having a diverse group of management means that each person brings their unique perspectives and this will obviously always create an improved technology. So I would really like to share that with all the other students who are attending the Leadership and Business program.
1: And early on, you mentioned that you too have a board of directors, correct? How have you put that together?
0: So one of the people on my board of directors was actually my computer science teacher in my sophomore year of high school. So I asked her um, just recently, but the other two... Women on my board, I've met through different networking events, which I've done with other organizations I'm part of. So one of them is an orthopedic surgeon, and one of them has her own startup, which uses AI and thermal camera technology. What would you say, what would be a
1: parting shot that you might say to all the young women out there, those whom you haven't helped yet through STEM Her, but A lot of them might feel intimidated by this material and they might feel intimidated because they're the only woman in the room. You've been there, you know how that feels. So, what would you say to them?
0: I would say to find a group of supporting people. So, this doesn't have to be all girls, it could be guys as well. But I think when you're starting your journey in something really difficult like STEM, you need a group of supporting people, you need an advisor, you need some person. You can't do it alone. I tried doing it myself alone. And it was really, really difficult. But once I found a teacher who could help me or a friend, it was so much easier. I did my first STEM project with one of my friends. And after that, I gained so much confidence and I was able to do things by myself and even start my own nonprofit. So I really think it's crucial that you find a group of people who can support you throughout your journey. One question
1: I like to ask all our guests on Future of the Business World is if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be?
0: So this is actually completely unrelated to gender equality in STEM, but I really believe this is what I would change. And it is that the U.S. government spends around 0.5% of its budget on NASA and 0.1% on the space program. And if I could, I would triple the amount of spending because it would create a new era of scientific innovation and opportunity. I really believe like with climate change and all that's happening, on our own planet, I think that looking into actually colonizing another planet like Mars would be very beneficial because even though it sounds scary, I really think this is something that's going to happen in our near future. All right, let's
1: wrap up with our lightning round. Please try to answer these questions as quickly as you can. Something about you that would surprise us. I'm
0: vegan and it's mostly for animal and environmental reasons.
1: The last time you felt really outside your comfort zone.
0: Right now, I'm not a great public speaker.
1: (laughs) You're doing great. An area of business that you would love to explore more deeply.
0: Human capital management. I think for businesses, people are the most important part. And I keep reading stories about large companies like Facebook and Google, where employees are unhappy. So I'd really like to look into this.
1: What would you be caught binge watching at midnight? Bates Motel. A business person you would love to take to lunch and why?
0: Elon Musk, because I'm really fascinated by his persona and his goals for humanity.
1: What one word would you use to replace the acronym STEM?
0: Socially responsible technology. I think technology that's not socially responsible is not helpful at all.
1: Amiya, thank you so much for joining us on Future of the Business World.
0: Thank you for having me. Discover more opportunities for high school students and educators at globalyouth.wharton.upenn.edu.